It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of the fantasy analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. I handle the IDP section. Uh, and with me, as always, is our other IDP cohort, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing tonight, Thomas? I'm doing great, Justin. I'm doing wonderful. How about that game tonight? Man, that was uh, it was a great game for IDPs, which we'll talk about uh, in just in just a second. So, you know, one of the things that we're always looking for are are offenses that tend to produce a lot of tackles to the to the opponent, and San Francisco is that type of offense. Uh, so we got to see, you know, basically across the board, they provide tons of tackles um, to all three levels of the defense. So, if you started a, a, a New York Giant. Uh, defender, you probably turned out okay. I um, I do one of my main focuses now on the on the fantasy points is is IDP props, uh, and uh, I I picked a couple of uh, prominent IDP players for for uh, New York tonight. Uh, Bobby Okereke and Jason Pinnock, both of them hit the overs, so went two two and zero on props. But really, I mean mo- most of your uh, most of your New York Giants were going to rack up a lot of tackles with an offense uh, as dangerous as this. On the flip side, Nick Bosa got a sack. So if you you know we, we've been waiting for Nick Bosa, we, the big holdout and all of that, and then these first two games he played well, but didn't really come up big in the box score. So tonight he at least gets a sack, uh, ha- has a, a three tackles as well. Also the big man in the middle, you know, a guy that you and I've talked a lot about. And you talked a lot about last week, Javon Hargrave. He came through with the sack as well uh so overall pretty good game for the idps not not a great game for the uh for the new york giants offense but everybody else seemed to have fun uh what did you think about it well you know it's funny me with with the giants you have their on their defensive line leonard williams has been a disappearing act the first two games of the season he's had one solo the in, in combined for the two games and today he he showed up he had four solos and he had half a sack. So, you know, he also had uh, two quarterback hits, which uh, I, I take that back. He had uh, four solos and two assists. So he had six total tackles. Whereas, you know, you, he's be, he's too inconsistent. But he, he, like you just mentioned, when you run up against a team like San Francisco, who's going to give you a high volume on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, uh, Xavier McKinney is is an example. Not a big playmaker, but he had seven total tackles. What was kind of surprising for me is friend uh, Warner only had four total tackles, two solos and two assists, but there's a reason for that. And the reason is that when you run the ball just 11 times the entire game, which is what the Giants did, and in fact, they only had 44 total plays on offense, 33 pass attempts and 22 uh, completions. So they they only had 33 opportunities for tackles to, outside of the, the sacks they could have gotten in the 33 pass attempts. So when you... Put that into perspective, 44 total uh, plays against 76 total plays by San Francisco's offense. That gives you an idea of of ball control and how this game was kind of lopsided and it affect some of the what you would call studs on the San Francisco 49ers defense. Yeah, uh, if you happen to start uh, Micah McFadden, you're probably really happy. He ended up with 
10 total tackles. Uh, KRK, as I mentioned earlier, uh, had nine total tackles. But in particular, you know, McFadden had a strong first game against Dallas. Came up, came up pretty short for us last week with only four tackles. So it was nice to see him have have a bounce back game. I do think he's got a lot of value. I think it, by the end of the season, okay, Riquet will will have out out outscored him. But uh, yeah, I think he's a he's you know somebody you could definitely use as an LB three, LB two. He's going to have some his LB one weeks, particularly if this Giants offense continues to sputter. And this Giants defense is on the field a lot just by virtue of volume, as you were just saying. The inverse of that is the the volume on the defensive side of the ball uh, playing playing there in the middle with so many box snaps. Just by volume alone, he's going to end up being a pretty solid player for you. And he's somebody that not a lot of people are talking about. Might even still be on some waiver wires for you. If you play in a league where starts three linebackers and you have any sort of issues with one of your later linebackers, you might want to look at McFab. And a nice job on the props. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, they're, they're a lot of fun to do. Um, so I say let's dive into this. Uh, um, uh, into into oh, week two. Yeah. So I um, mean three. Week well, three. Well, as we mentioned, you know, last week and the week before, what happens is for the first two weeks, we spend most of our time looking backwards at what at what we've already seen. Uh, so. Because that helps us say, all right, so-and-so is playing more box snaps than we thought, or hey, it looks like so-and-so is now the third safety. We're looking mainly to try and set you all up for the season. So these are quick waiver wire grabs, any any very right. quick and major pivots that might have long-lasting impact on your season. Starting next week, we'll start focusing more on matchups. Yeah, I mean, we started out the the podcast in the summer, and we talked about the green dot. Uh, the green dot, in for anybody who's new to the podcast or new to IDP, and sorry for the revisit for those who've already heard this, but the green dot is basically worn by one player who calls the plays on the defensive side of the ball. It's a green dot that's in the backside of the helmet. It's a little green sticker, and it basically is the person who hears the communication from the sideline and calls the plays. And those that wear the green dot tend to to be uh, taking the most snaps. In most cases, they take almost all of the snaps, if not all of them. Um, you have a, a team, which I'll mention in a second, that doesn't do that. But, you you know, you've got some obvious ones like Fred Warner on the 49ers, Roquan Smith on Baltimore. You know, you've got um, Bobby Wagner on Seattle. These, these guys are stud middle linebackers you know you're going to play anyways. They're wearing the green dots. Well, there's a few that are somewhat of a surprise, such as Caden Ellis on Atlanta with Troy Anderson being banged up with a concussion. Ellis has been wearing the green dot and seeing a ton load of of snaps. Um, With Shaq Thompson, which I'll mention in my injury report at the end here, going down, uh, Camu Grugier Hill is the the green dot wearer on uh, Carolina. Most linebackers are are the ones that wear the green dot, such as Nicholas Morrow on Philadelphia with Nicobe Dean on IR. Um, Aziz uh, Al Shair on Tennessee wears the green dot. He's another surprise, but there is a, a safety, and that's Jaron Kears on Dallas. He also wears the green dot for Dallas. Now he's banged up. You'll hear him in the injury report. There is one team with a messy situation, and that's Cleveland. They 
they, they, they have linebacker Anthony Walker wears their green dot when he's on the field, but he only takes the field 70 to 75% of the snaps. Now, when he comes off the field, CNA Taki Taki is the one who wears the green dot. Unfortunately, he plays under 75% of the snaps too. So you really can't rely on any of the, the Browns linebackers. But if you're looking for a solid play and you're, you, you, most of the, the green dot wearers are taken, there is a handful out there that you could probably either get on the waiver wire or make a trade for, and you know they're going to play for you on a regular basis. Yeah, this and that that's great insight because, as you were just saying, as we were both just talking about, getting these players now, um, we just talked about how okay, Rakey and Micah McFadden you know, both scored highly tonight. That's just because they played a ton of snaps uh, and they were there to, to pick up all the uh, McCaffrey and Mitchell and uh, George Kittle action. And, and that's where the green dot uh, players will help you. If you've got a guy who, if you know, he's assuming health going to be on the field for basically every possible snap. And he's going to basically sit in the middle of the defense. It doesn't necessarily mean you got an LB one. That's not what we're saying. What it means is you have a high floor option. Somebody that even in a bad game is probably still going to get you four to six tackles. Uh, You know, and most of the time they're going to do, okay. It's like a solid RB four. What you really want are carries. Sometimes they're only going to get 45 yards in a game. And that, but that's a, that's like their floor, right? And then the next right. time they score a couple touchdowns. So having those high floor options um, in in your lineup on a weekly basis can can save you a lot of heartache and uh, hopefully uh, allow you to keep more of your hair. And it's all about snaps. I mean, when you look at offensive players, you want the offensive players that are, are going to be in there for 75, 80, 90 percent of the, the snaps. Well, it's the same thing on defense. You want a player that's on there for 85 percent or more of the snaps so that they give you that much more of an opportunity to be productive and again the matchup is going to be very critical because even a player that does 70 or 75 percent of the snaps against the san francisco 49ers can have a good game it's imperative though that you you know you look at the snap counts and you you Consider players that high have high snap counts, and green dot wearers always have high snap counts. Uh, somebody who used to wear the green dot but isn't wearing it anymore is Shaq Leonard. We've been watching him very carefully. Uh, we know he had some uh, some pretty uh, serious injury stuff going on with his spine and his back, and was going down to his leg. The last couple of years, it, it's been he's been kind of hit and miss. So we've been watching him this season. Uh, he had a concussion early on, uh, so we're just trying to see how he develops, how his snap counts are going, how does he look? Uh, this last week, he played seventy one percent. That was a no- that is a noticeable bump. Uh, he also looked good. He looked. Fast, he looked like he wasn't being as hesitant as he was a little. He was a little a bit of that in the first game, so not really producing yet. Uh, but again, as we talked about snaps, if he start if he gets 80, 90 percent of the snaps this week, we're looking at somebody that is is probably very soon going to start producing for us. Um, EJ Speed had six tackles for, for the Colts, but the the warning there is he only did it. He only had fifty three percent of the snaps. 
And as Leonard snaps rise, assuming that they still do, it will be Speed who will see that dip in his production. So be careful about EJ Speed. And we're going to watch really closely to see if Leonard uh, can actually move up into the 80, 90, maybe even every down roll next to Zaire Franklin there in Indianapolis. Uh, without Jonathan Taylor, uh, I, 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 I mean, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen with him. But the Colts looked like they might have been a, a pretty good team to start the year. Uh, they've stumbled a little bit out of the gate. Uh, Anthony Richardson now is dealing with a concussion. So if this team continues to stumble a little bit and these defensive snaps continue to stay at, at a higher level, we could see a we could see Shaq Leonard break back out and and be a solid fantasy option for us. In Houston, Christian Harris's days as the fantasy option in the middle appear to be coming to an end. And Harris only took 39% of the defensive snaps in week two. And it looks like they're starting to go with linebacker Henry Toa Toa, the rookie. And, and he took 81% of the snaps. Now, linebacker Denzel Perryman is the three down linebacker wearing the green dot. But he didn't practice this week so far, and he due to a hand and wrist injury. So Toa Toa could see his stock rising very quickly. And if you've got Harris, uh, I don't start him. If you want to keep him and hope that he sees some more snap count, I, we're telling you right now, it looks like Texas is moving away from Harris and is going to start relying on Toa Toa. There are also, you might see Neville Hewitt and Andor Blake Cashman see some increased uh, playing time because they are starting to get healthy themselves. But Perryman is the three down back. Toa Toa could be the three down back this week if Perryman doesn't play. Uh, another linebacker situation that's been a little bit in flux is the one in Miami next to Jerome Baker. Uh, going into the season, we expected David Long Jr. to have a significant role next to Jerome Baker. Uh, however, we didn't see that in week one. He, he didn't play much, and it was actually Andrew Van Ginkle who slid from the edge position more to inside linebacker, and which was, you know, which really could be a, a fantasy asset if you can use him as an edge, but he's actually getting inside linebacker snaps. Well, this week we got to see David Long. He had a nice bounce back game. Still not not an every down player. He played eighty four percent. He had seven tackles. The other thing to note is Van Ginkle, although he played more on the edge, also had a pretty solid game. He played mostly on the edge, but he still racked up six tackles. Watching what happens with Long and Van Ginkle over the next two, three, four weeks to see how that shakes out. It's going to give us a lot more information on which, if either or both, of these can be IDP assets for us. In Arizona, Buda Baker injured his hamstring last week in practice, and it was near the end of the week that he did this, and so he was an inactive for the game day, a last-minute scratch. Well, they put him on injured reserve uh, on Tuesday. Now, Kevon Wallace is uh, started in his place, and he posted a team leading eight total tackles. He had five solos, three assists, while taking all sixty-eight defensive snaps. Wallace is not going to give you a lot of uh, you know many big plays, but if you're looking for if you're in a um, tackle heavy scoring league, then Wallace could be somebody you could rely on, and you might be able to find him on the waiver wire. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to follow up a little bit on that as well because. 
you know, we last year we saw mainly Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson playing the, the safety roles. And we've seen this before with uh, Baker and Thompson. We've seen a little bit of a, of a get, of a get switched back and forth in terms of which one was, was the, the, the more productive one. Um, so what we've been looking at this year is that actually Thompson has been playing not exclusively, but, but the majority of his snaps have actually been in the slot. Like for example, through, so through two games so far, uh, he's played 104 snaps uh, at, at slot corner, only five at free safety, and 26 in the box or or defensive line um, uh, positioning. So he's still effective. You know, slot corners uh, or slot safeties, they're they're certainly you know, they can be productive. It's usually a little bit more hit and miss. So uh, he's not completely out of, out of fantasy value. You know, he had, for example, he had seven tackles last week, Um, but it is actually Wallace who has more of that. You know, he's, he's playing almost a true, a complete true box safety role. Like last game uh, he had, he played 49 snaps where he was either in the box or lined up actually on the defensive line. And then he played 13 snaps in the slot and only three snaps at free safety. So all the things we've been talking about this entire podcast about getting as many snaps in the box as possible. Wallace is going to be one of these players. I love what you said in terms about of uh, Thomas about, not necessarily having a ton of big play upside that somebody right. like a Buda Baker or um, Antoine Winfield or some of these other safeties, you know, ha- have in terms of pass rushing chops or, or, or ball hawking skills. But right. you, you want somebody who's going to basically week in week out, give you, you know, on average between five and eight tackles. I think Wallace is going to be that guy. They do have a third safety uh, and and that's Andrew Chacher. Uh and he played. He started last week because because uh, Buda Baker was out. He he was really the third safety. He played almost exclusively uh, in in deep snaps uh, and only had two tackles. So be careful about uh, picking him up, even though he is a safety and he did play ninety two percent of the snaps. You know, and the fact that they they had a last minute change with Baker going down at the end of the week, their game plan was probably a little more conservative and Wallace wasn't really, you know, put in there to come off the edge at all or any of those blitz packages that they have uh, from their safety positions. That may change this week. We're having a whole week of practice in under his belt. So keep an eye on that as far as big plays go with Wallace. Now, if you're wondering why um, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay had reduced snap counts for the Chiefs. It's due to the injuries that they suffered. Bolton had an ankle injury and took 53 of 67 defensive snaps, while Gay had a quad injury that and only took 39 snaps. Now, we have been downplaying Drew uh, Tranquil of late, uh, but injuries have hit this linebacker position so we could tranquil could see a significant increase in playing time if either gay or bolton is out and i'll give you an update on their injuries in a, a little bit later on yeah that be that'd be important particularly bolton right because he's he's you know he is an elite player in the middle of that defense it's nice to see actually um an inside linebacker for the chiefs be productive which is something we hadn't seen since uh, the the Derek Johnson days, right? Um, and and it also should note that Leo Chanel's um, role didn't change with the injuries. He continued to play his basic role and took the normal uh, snap counts he had. It was Tranquil that that came in for the replacement, at least of Bolton. 
So speaking of safeties and, and box snaps, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Atlanta's Richie Grant. Last year, he played more box snaps than he did uh, free safety snaps. We were hoping we would see that same uh, kind of role this year. But this year, he's been almost to, to the snap a 50-50 guy in terms of playing strong safety or playing deep, uh, which is why if you've got Grant and you've been a little bit frustrated about his uh, ab- about his production, that's part of the issue. Um, I don't necessarily think he's, he's, he's playing poorly. He's just not necessarily in those same positions uh, as he's been in, as he was in last year. Now, that, that could change. And look, there are tons of 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 uh, productive safeties who play plenty of free safety spots. It it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not that that R- Richie Grant is not going to be a solid asset. We just prefer those ones who are constantly in the box, just because for all the reasons. Excuse me, we've been talking about in terms of of having a high floor and right with your DB position. It can be so volatile. It really does help to, to have a nice floor. Now, the one thing I'm going to say about this week is uh, Atlanta is playing Detroit. We're going to get a little bit in matchups here. Uh, Detroit has been is, uh, producing top five tackles for a uh, defensive back so far through, you know, it's just, just two games, but uh, you know, they run, a, they run a fairly high number of plays per game. So uh, this would be a good week. If Grant, ends up with two or three tackles this week that might be a frustrating thing my guess is he's going to be on the higher side you know uh, five to seven i think is a is a, is a, is, a, is a solid expected range might go over that in a game like today or this week and i think grant's production is also being affected by jesse bates uh who's on the falcons as well and bates has been in the first game he put up 10 total tackles he only had three total tackles his last game but his being there is a major part of this defense and also is affecting uh, Richie Grant's performance or at least his production for fantasy owners. Now, Washington's defensive end, Montez Sweat, is one of those DLs that runs hot and cold when it comes to tackle production. Now, he can give you four or five solos uh, one game and then just two the next. The difference with Sweat is that he's a big playmaker. He has one and a half sacks and back-to-back outings to start the season. He added two forced fumbles back on opening day. So ride him in leagues that require a DL while he's hot. All right, let's uh, talk. I want to actually. I'm going to go ahead and um, I had somebody else lined up here, but I, I, while we're talking about Montez Sweat, I want to talk a little bit about his battery mate, uh, which is somebody we haven't talked about very much at all. Uh, it's funny because he was a huge name. Uh, and then kind of fell off the radar and is somebody that almost we're not talking about anymore, which is strange because right. he, he is an elite talent. And that's <laughs> uh, fellow defensive end Chase Young. Uh, he, he finally got to p- play again last week. He was somebody else who was ramping up. And then I forgot what his injury was. Might have been a concussion. Uh, but whatever his injury was, he wasn't able to play week one. He practiced fully headed into week two. He played 71% of the snaps, which is a great number for an edge rusher. Uh, had three tackles and one and a half sacks. Uh, that's a pretty strong debut. So keep your eye on Chase Young. That might be somebody who's out there on the waiver wires if, if you're looking for some extra DE help. 
I'm going to stay on the defensive line. And for those of you uh, who are in defensive tackle required leagues, the Vikings defensive tackle Harrison Phillips is a sneaky but very consistent IDP target. He's flying under the radar in in that he posted eight total tackles. He had five solos and three assists back on opening day and then followed it up last week with a 13 total tackle performance when he had he tallied uh, seven solos and six assists. Now, he may not uh, again, he's another player that may not supply a lot of big plays. So if you're in a big play heavy scoring league, Harrison Phillips is not your choice. But he he did have a uh, a pass defended in week one, and he did have a half a sack last week. So while he's not a big producer, he does every now and then throw you a bone if you're in a big uh, big play scoring system, tackle heavy scoring systems. He's a solid play, and he's gold in DT uh, tackle required heavy tackle leagues. Yeah, I mentioned him uh, in our waiver wire article this this week that came out because. We've talked so much about how defensive schemes, you know, in the offseason, as, as we prepared for the year, we were spending a lot of time talking about defensive coordinators, defensive schemes, how certain players, you know, do better in, in certain schemes. So, Bruno, remember that Brian Flores is now in uh, in Minnesota, and Brian Flores is that sort of Bill Belichick coaching tree um, and he and his, you know when he was out there in Miami, he had Christian Wilkins, and then when he left, Josh Boyer took over as defensive coordinator and ran a system that was fairly close to what Brian Flores uh, kind of you know uh, gifted him. Because basically, he inherited that kind of system. In that system, uh, Christian Wilkins jumped up and became a. 80 90 tackle guy uh would you know right there in the middle of the defense and bill belichick his style of defense at least the one he's been running the last you know five or eight years is really um defensive line heavy when it comes to the tackles if you just see the tackle distribution from linebackers to, to defensive backs to defensive linemen you see a lot of tackles in the defensive line so now that flores is in uh minnesota you know, the question I, I posed on, on Twitter was, is Harrison Phillips the new Christian Wilkins? Because basically he's playing that role in Brian Flores. Now, it's just two games. I'm not saying every game right. he's going to put up six to eight or, or, or ten tackles. But it's it's not – there's a good chance it's not random, right? Uh, so uh, right. Keep, keep watching. I, I, I love that call on your part, Tom. He He's also – the Flores system is a very aggressive um, style of system where the the interior line isn't taking care of the right. offensive linemen to help the, the linebackers get to the ball. Their responsibilities are more aggressive get to the ball as well as the linebackers. So a player like Wilkins last year and, and a player like Phillips this year is going to really thrive underneath uh, under Flores' uh, current scheme because of the fact that it's a very aggressive interior line. It's actually aggressive all the way around. Uh, Flores' system is built around speed and aggressiveness. 
Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on Christian Wilkins? Yeah, just basically, you know, so how does that affect Christian Wilkins now that he no longer has that defensive scheme? He's playing in the Vic Fangio uh, defense there in Miami. His first week, he came up pretty short, and and that certainly had us worried. You know, did we lose the the tackle monster that was Christian Wilkins under that 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 previous regime's defensive scheme? But he had a nice bounce back game in week two, which uh, he posted six tackles. So that's the Christian Wilkins we know and love. So we'll be watching that carefully. But as long as he's kind of, you know, in that three to six tackle range for a defensive tackle, those are great numbers. You you, you know, uh, what Harrison Phillips put up last week, those are those are linebacker one numbers, much less yeah. defensive tackle. Well, Wilkins also had a sack for four yards and he had a tackle for a loss and a QB hit. So I think he's he's under Fangio, he's going to be maybe different than he was last year, but I think he's still going to be very productive. Um, I'm going to wrap up my players to watch this week with the Seahawks uh, safety, Julian Love. The former Giants starting safety is making the most of his time in the absence of uh, safety Jamal Adams. Now, with Adams practicing this week and getting closer to returning to game action, Love could see a slight drop in fantasy production, but I I would still roll with Love as, as Seattle will play three safeties frequently. And we're not sure yet how they're going to utilize Adams yeah, in, in a linebacker role, a safety role, an off-the-edge role. And, and Adams has shown he, he can't stay healthy since joining the Seahawks back in 2020. He's, he's, had, uh, he's only played just like 25 of a possible uh, 53 total games. So I would roll with Julian Le- uh, Love, especially in tackle-heavy leagues. All right, I'm going to close mine out with uh, Alex Singleton, somebody we spent a lot of time talking about last year. Um, and, and, you know, Thomas, maybe you saw something I didn't, but uh, I didn't see Alex Singleton get injured, uh, but he only played 64% of the snaps. And this is something we have seen with Singleton in the past when he was back uh, in, in Philadelphia and even early on last year with Denver. Now, he dramatically improved in the second half of the season and, they, and basically he became an every down player for them, which started off. Um, out of necessity because they had so many players go down uh, out of their inside linebacker core. But, um, you know, he has he has been somebody that teams haven't been afraid to pull him off off the field. He only had three tackles on 64 percent of the snap. That's a huge red flag in case it. That's a huge red flag if he didn't get injured or there was some other reason. I couldn't find it. So just kind of we're going to be watching that carefully. See, if he pops back to 100% this week, great. Who knows what it was? Maybe you got a you know, stomachache or something, but we'll see. I, I'm not positive as to why. Um, I, I do know that, I mean, when you when you compare the, the snap counts or the offensive uh plays for Washington. I mean, they, they came across with 62 offensive plays, whereas Denver had 65 and they, they each had 23 rushing attempts and Washington went with 39 pass attempts, whereas Denver had 32. I am, I'm wondering the, the, the score was, was pretty, it was pretty even for most of the game. And then Washington took a lead at the end and, Denver came roaring back. I don't know if that has something to do with uh, Singleton because if you look at Josie Jewell, he only took 89% of the snaps. So the linebackers' snap counts were down a little bit. Nick Benito did get some playing time. He took 62%. Now, 
Benito may have been playing on the outside. I didn't get to see much of the the highlights from that game. So they had Randy Gregory and they had um, uh, Jonathan Cooper playing. And so if you take a look at their linebacker counts, Jewell took 89%, Cooper took 71 Singleton 64, Gregory 64, and Benito 62. That's a lot of snap counts for the five linebackers. And yes, they were playing four of them, but that may have been the reason why Singleton's numbers dropped a little bit is because they rotated heavily. And that could have been a an opponent matchup thing, but it's definitely something like you said, something we need to watch very carefully moving forward. Speaking of watching very carefully, uh, it's time for the notable injuries and news section. You got you got a bunch of stuff on your plate this time. Oh boy, I need to take a deep breath on this one. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'll start off with injured reserve. Uh, Shaq Thompson, Carolina fractured his fibula, had surgery done for the season. James Houston, linebacker on Detroit, broken ankle, likely done for the season on IR. CJ um, safety, CJ Gardner. Johnson on Detroit, torn pectoral muscle. He too likely done for the season. Um, and also going on IR is cornerback Avante Maddox from Philadelphia, torn pec, uh, likely done for the season. Now, Marcus May on New Orleans, their starting safety, was suspended three games for violating their substance abuse policy, the league substance abuse policy. So he's going to miss the next three games. He won't be back until week six, I believe it is. Now, players that are out this week, and they're out because of injuries that happened yesterday and today. Yesterday, Derek Stingley Jr. on Houston, uh, starting cornerback, injured his hamstring in practice and is going to be is going to at least miss this game, if not more. Shaq uh, Griffin is going to be pr- promoted from the practice squad. Now, the backup for Stingley is Tavari Thomas, who broke his hand and is going to miss this week, most likely, too. So... They're hurting with Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie at safety, who both missed last week's game. Griffin could be promoted and right into the starting lineup. Now, Dallas's defense took a huge hit today when cornerback Trevon Diggs tore his ACL. Um, Durant, it was in a one-on-one uh, practice session, part of their part of their practice session that he went down with a uh, injury to his knee. It was verified through an MRI that he tore his ACL. Deron Bland will probably move from the nickel spot to the outside. Um, Jordan Lewis will most likely step into the nickel cornerback role, but Diggs is done for the year. Now, there's quite a few players that didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday, so I'm just going to list, you know, go through them really quickly as to who didn't practice, and you have to be really careful because they're most likely very questionable. Defensive end Tyree Wilson, Las Vegas, with an illness. Defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi on Pittsburgh with a foot. Deta- uh, defensive tackle Kalijah Cansey on Tampa Bay. He's a Monday night f- with a calf injury. Uh, linebacker Odafeo Owe on Baltimore, ankle. Linebacker uh, Frank Clark, Denver, hip. Linebacker Denzel Perryman, I mentioned that earlier, on Houston, has not practiced this week with a hand and wrist injury. Also not practicing this week, I mentioned earlier, was linebacker Nick Bolton on Kansas City with an ankle injury. He is going to uh, be a question mark, and and you have to watch his uh, practice 
status tomorrow. Linebacker Joey Bosa um, with a hamstring injury. He was limited on Wednesday, but then didn't practice today. So linebacker Eric Kendricks on the Chargers with a hamstring injury. Linebacker Marcus Davenport, Minnesota with an ankle injury. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey, Baltimore foot. Uh, safety Marcus Williams on Baltimore. He has a uh, a pectoral muscle injury that does not need surgery and is not going to go on IR, but he hasn't practiced, probably won't play. Safety Eddie Jackson um, for Chicago foot injury last week uh, is Monday night football, hasn't practiced yet, so keep an eye on that. Cornerback Greg Newsom the second on Cleveland with an elbow injury. Safety Jerron Kearse, the green dot wearer on Dallas, has been out with an illness. Safety uh, Justin Simmons on Denver with a hip injury. Safety uh, Kirby Joseph on Detroit also with a hip injury. Safety uh, Jalen Petrie, who I mentioned on Houston, has a bruised lung, has not practiced. Cornerback Marcus Jones on New England uh, injured his shoulder in chasing down Jalen Waddle last week, and he has not practiced. And cornerback Tariq Woolen on Seattle has an SC joint injury. Now that's where the clavicle meets the sternum. Um, it, it's not a good sign that he hasn't practiced this week and that the Seahawks have already promoted Artie Burns from the practice squad. Now a handful of players that have been limited in practice this week some of them didn't practice Wednesday and were limited today, so they've been upgraded. So I'll just mention that they've been upgraded, uh, such as defensive tackle Foley Fatakasi on, on Jacksonville shoulder injury, didn't practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited today. Defensive end John Franklin Myers on New York Jets, hip injury, same thing, upgraded to limited today. Defensive tackle Tier Tart on Tennessee, knee injury, upgraded to limited today. Defensive tackle Danico Autry on Tennessee has been limited all week with a foot injury. Defensive tackle Deron Payne on Washington, an ankle injury. Didn't practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited today. Linebacker Terrell Bernard on Buffalo has been limited with a knee and a quad injury. If he doesn't go, it's going to be um, Tyrell Dotson that you're going to want to roll with it in the middle there. Linebacker Leonard Floyd on Buffalo, Ankle injury, didn't practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited today. Same thing with re, uh, being upgraded to limited was linebacker Zadarius Smith on Cleveland, ankle and thigh injury. Anthony Walker, uh, linebacker on Cleveland, and CNA Takitaki on Cleveland. Pectoral muscle and shoulder both have been limited all week. Rashawn Gary, linebacker for Green Bay, knee injury. Linebacker Lucas Van Ness, rookie linebacker on Green Bay, elbow injury. Linebacker Josh Allen, on Jacksonville, sprained shoulder, limited all week. Linebacker Willie Gay on Kansas City with a quad injury, didn't practice Wednesday, but got upgraded to limited today. Linebacker Jalen Phillips, Miami, back injury. Linebacker Jordan Hicks, Minnesota, shin. Linebacker Quincy Williams, New York Jets, a knee injury. These guys are all limited all week, as well as linebacker Harold Landry on Tennessee with a hamstring. Safety Micah Hyde on Buffalo has a hamstring injury, did not practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited today. Nick Scott has been um, – Cincinnati safety has been in concussion protocol and has been limited, so keep an eye on his status Friday. Cornerback Kenny Moore, on uh, the second on Indiana – excuse me, Indianapolis, knee injury. Cornerback Jonathan Jones, New England, ankle. 
Safety Reed Blankenship on Philadelphia with ribs and cornerback James Bradbury on Philadelphia with a concussion. Safety Minka Fitzpatrick on Pittsburgh. He had a chest injury, had trouble breathing, went in and, and had observations in the hospital on Sunday night. Uh, did not practice Wednesday and limited Thursday. Uh, keep an eye on his status. And safety Jamal Adams on Seattle with a quad um uh, his quad injury from last year, he practiced in full Wednesday, was limited Thursday. I, we're not sure if he's going to play or not. He's getting really, really close. The chances are they'll probably maybe sit him one more week, and if he does really well next week, they'll they'll play him in, in week four. But they have a bye week in week five, so they may hold off a week or two. Uh, there is no guarantee he'll start or play. And finally, uh, cornerback Carlton Davis on Tampa Bay with a Monday night game. He has a toe injury, been limited. Wow, that's oh, uh, hang, sorry. Hang on one second, Thomas. Uh, yeah, hello. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. What time? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Okay, great. All right, hang on. Okay, thanks. Sorry, sorry about that. I just just got off the phone with Roger Goodell. He, he needs you and I to suit up since apparently there are no more defenders left. <laughs> I don't know if you've got uh, – he said he's got gear for us. He doesn't know where we're playing yet, but it's it's all hands on deck, man. I want to play linebacker. I want to I want to play deep safety just so I can not get hit and just let <laughs> let I'm just going to let him run by me. Be like, whoops. I don't want to play in the trenches. I did that no in way. high school. I did that in college. I don't want to play in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I played defensive tackle or basically nose tackle, uh, and uh, I was on the JV squad and the varsity squad played. Um, uh, uh, they they played against this one team, and there was this one guy uh, who completely ran through our our varsity defense like it was tissue paper he was literally like a man among boys that guy's name was emmett smith um and i'd I'd never forget because i was on jv at that time and i watched that happen and i thought oh yeah okay so i'm never gonna play nfl football like that guy's (laughs) gonna play in the nfl football and i happen to be right (laughs) You know, it's funny when I went through all these injuries and just for the re, uh, the, the people who are listening to this, uh, Justin and I work really hard at the beginning of the week to come up with a, I come up with a list of injuries and inactives and we share it together and we go over it and, and uh, we use it as um, a basis for our work for the projections and waiver wire articles and everything else that we put out there. And the list just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as I went. And I, it was like, Oh wow. I, there's so many players that are being promoted from the, the taxi squads. And that's something you, people should be very, very aware and, and astute on taxi squad promotions have to be done by four o'clock Eastern time on Saturdays. If you notice, for example, in Seattle, Artie Burns got promoted up from the practice squad. Well, that's a very clear indication that Tariq uh, Reek Woolen is is his chest injury is most likely going to keep him off the field in this coming week. So, if you see players at key positions uh, that get promoted up from a taxi squad, and it, for example, if if the Jets promote a linebacker off their taxi squad, well, then Quincy Williams may not play this week. It's a a very good indicator when players get activated, uh, promoted either on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday from the taxi squad that you could be in trouble for for the player that you want that's on this list of injuries. 
Man, it's been it's been crazy already. Uh, it and had, we're just so we, it, we just only had two weeks in our belts. I mean, <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL season's like uh, this is what the NFL season's like. You know, Christmas is coming, and it's like <laughs> De- it's like December twelfth, and you're like so excited. And then it's December twenty second, and then it's it's Christmas Eve, and then you wake up on Christmas and you, you open up your first present and it's broken, and then you open up your sex <laughs> your your second present and it's a box of coal, and you're just like, oh, that's right, I forgot. You open the is- third one, it's a sweater, <laughs> and you're like, this is miserable. Why, why do I do this to myself? But better days are coming. I'm just gonna. Hopefully. I'm, just, I'm gonna manifest that into the world. I just got off the phone with Roger Goodell. That, that's so. Better days are coming. I'm gonna say start Thomas, but sit me if it comes down to it this week, everybody. And if there's a prop bet on me, uh, absolutely take the under. Trust me. All right, that's gonna close us out for, uh, <laughs> uh, for 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 this episode. Good luck, everybody, in their week three matchups. We'll be back next Thursday uh, to uh, have yet another look. And like I said, starting next week, we're gonna start looking a lot more at matchups. We'll spend some time talking about um, uh, player rotations and box snaps and all that other jazz. But mainly, we're gonna be starting to look at matchups. We'll see you guys then. Thomas, take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.